So your dad went for a walk the other day and got lost. A very kind stranger picked him up, got his address from his driver's license, and brought him home. Luckily, this was a topic of conversation when you asked your dad how his day was. Probably shouldn't tell that assisted living community you toured, right? I mean, they might not let your dad move in. Or maybe you're pretty sure your mom doesn't have enough money to stay very long at this particular community, but she can't continue living with you and you need to find a place before your vacation. What's the harm in moving in for a few months? I'm your host, Valerie Lynn. Have you ever not disclosed everything? Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip. You're listening to our doable tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. Hi everyone, Valerie here. First, I want to send a big thank you to all our listeners. The past over two years and over 120 episodes has been amazing. Your feedback has been so incredible. Apple Podcasts listed us as being in the top 200 in our category, which is education. That's a big category. So thank you so much for your support. And now I want to share that I've got some exciting things coming for 2024. So we're going to move this show to every other week instead of weekly. Now, I know you're used to hearing from me every week. So if you haven't already, you'll want to follow us on Instagram because you're still going to see our doable tips there. And that's also where we're going to announce our new launch that's coming soon. I'm so excited about this. It's something that many of you have been asking for. But in honor of today's episode, I'm not disclosing it just yet. So you'll definitely want to make sure you follow us on Instagram. And thanks again, everyone. Hi, and welcome to the show. So how many of you are feeling a little bit nervous about the topic for today's show? I know, I know. Well, the good news is you are not alone. As I was planning topics for the end of the year, I kept coming back to the idea of how stressful looking for senior living and care is for most of the families we work with and how over the years I've heard and witnessed families struggle with what information they should or should not share. So This week, we're going to talk about some reasons why you might be tempted not to share certain information, or maybe you've already been through this, but also why it's not always a good idea to withhold. And maybe you've experienced that as well. We're going to talk about money and care as two separate categories. But let's start by taking a look at some common reasons why you or a staff member at a community might be tempted to not disclose all the information. One, fear that the behaviors are so bad that no one will want to care for your loved one. Two, denial 
about how much care your loved one needs. Three, embarrassed by the behaviors your loved one is exhibiting. Four, talking about your loved one's care brings up uncomfortable or negative feelings. Five, not understanding the full impact of what not disclosing means. So in other words, thinking that the information is just not important. Not being in agreement with other family members so you feel it's not your place to speak up or that it wouldn't matter. And then not wanting to disclose financial information for fear of being taken advantage of. Now, I want to pause here because we could probably have an episode on each one of the reasons that I just listed. So I want to just take a breath and sort of take those in. I'm guessing that one or two or three of them really resonated with you, even if these were things that you've experienced. And, you know, what we're talking about today might be uncomfortable. Just know that you're not alone. On a side note, I want to talk about not knowing the information is important. And we've talked about this before. Senior living is a complete industry that has its own language and its own way of doing things. And even Googling it can be really difficult and take a really long time to find what you're looking for. So I think it's important to really acknowledge that sometimes withholding information is simply because you you really don't know that the information is important. So let's take a look at some examples of what withholding information might look like and then what the implications of that could be. I worked with a family whose dad had early Alzheimer's and just a few days earlier, they had shared with me that he sometimes forgets his medications, that they'll set up the box and they'll go in a week later and see that it's disorganized, medication's missing, or it's still there and he didn't take it. And as we're looking for an assisted living community for him to live at, part of that process is a nurse assessment. And the family asked me to come with them. So we're in this nurse assessment and they get to the section about medications. Their dad's in the room and he says, oh, yep, I take my own medications. No problem there. And the family agreed. And they said, yep, dad can take his his medications. No problem. And so I was kind of glad that I was there because I was able to remind them about our conversation. They went, oh, well, yeah, that's true. That has happened. Dad did have a bad month that one time. The community might bring their dad in and let him manage his own medications and even allow the family to help. But in the end, if he's missing medications, then there's a a risk of so many different things going wrong. And families, it's not just you. The next two examples are with a community and an adult family home. I've had a memory care community who is no longer able to provide care for this particular resident tell me and the nurse assessor that the resident slept through the night. And while a change in environment can absolutely trigger new behaviors, other staff members confirmed this gentleman was up all night long. So 
was this staff member not disclosing information so the next place would take him? Or were they just overwhelmed and understaffed and they just didn't know the information? Another provider sent a resident to the hospital saying that her behaviors were out of control. The son, who visited every day at various times, never saw any of the behaviors the provider talked about. Once in the hospital, the provider refused to take his mom back. So was this provider not making good on their promise to take Medicaid, or were there really new behaviors? We've mentioned behaviors a couple of times now, and this is one that is really tricky. I've worked with so many families who have told me that they really believe that no one can take care of their mom or dad because of these behaviors. And some of these behaviors are really, really difficult to talk about. A couple of them, if you have children in the car, you might want (laughs) to pause right now (laughs) because we're going to talk about a couple of examples of, of really tough behaviors. So I'm going to give you a minute to pause right here or put in your AirPods because we're going to talk about those right now. We're going to talk about racial bias and sexual behaviors. And I think these are the two most complicated subjects that families really resist talking about. And and the reason doesn't even matter. But not talking about these behaviors can really set up the provider, the caregivers to fail or to really struggle. And if you're a caregiver and you're listening right now, I'm guessing you have a story or two that reflects how difficult it is when something like this is a surprise. And like we already mentioned, with Alzheimer's and other dementias, these surprises can happen. And it's absolutely possible for a new behavior to pop up that nobody knows about. For today's show, I want to talk about a family that did know and how difficult it was for them. When this particular family came to me, their dad was already living in an assisted living, and he ended up in a skilled nursing facility. At this point, the family was faced with the assisted living asking them to move their dad, that they were not able to continue to provide care for him. And the reason was sexual behaviors. Their father was grabbing at caregivers, asking them to touch him, being inappropriate in the shower. And the assisted living community had actually gotten to a point where they required another caregiver to be there at all times. In the skilled nursing setting, they were now having the same exact experiences and also had to get to a point where they were requiring two caregivers whenever anyone entered his room. In this situation, the family member that I worked with was the power of attorney and had not even had this conversation with other family members. It was so difficult to think of their dad in this light. 
But that being said, it wasn't completely unfamiliar territory, but it wasn't something that they felt comfortable bringing up. And so they hadn't. And I just want to say that this family member was so incredibly brave to have the conversation with me. And I think that they were able to do that because they now saw two failures. But even after that, right, even after two completely different companies (laughs) were reporting this problem, this family member still didn't want to believe it and wanted proof. And we were able to get creative and, and they were actually able to experience it for themselves. The positive that came out of this situation is that we were able to find an adult family home that specialized in behaviors. And because everybody knew right up front what was going on, they put a plan in place. And yes, there were bad days. And yes, the caregivers were not exactly (laughs) entirely happy. But in the end, because everyone was on the same page, and everyone knew what to expect. It made the caregiver's job much easier. They were even able to laugh about it. And I'm happy to report that he still lives there today. So let's talk about racial bias. This is something that I've experienced myself when I worked in a memory care community. There was this resident who was funny and always had a smile on her face and just the sweetest person ever until that caregiver who didn't look like everybody else walked in the room. And then she was calling them names that I will not repeat. It was so uncomfortable. And I cannot even imagine what it was like for that caregiver. I will say that many colleagues of mine that do work as caregivers have told me that it's something that they get used to. And I think there are two ways to approach this. You can acknowledge the racial bias and make sure everybody knows and everyone agrees and come up with strategies. Or the other option is to try to find a care setting where that wouldn't be a concern. I think that one is a little more complicated. And honestly, we have had success stories where through communication and consistent care and really getting to know that resident, that those racial biases were actually overcome. Okay, we got the two tough ones out of the way. Now let's talk about money. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. Wait, wait a minute. That's a really tough subject too. <laughs> and it is. I think that there are two sides to the money equation. The first side is not wanting to disclose how much you have because you don't want to be taken advantage of. And I have to say that you are absolutely right if this is you and you have thought of this. This subject really hits home for me because I have had families share with me that they were told by other professionals that do what I do at my company, Clear Path, in helping families find assisted living and memory care, 
Families have come back to me and told me that they were told by other professionals in my industry that it was going to cost this crazy amount of money for them to move into a place. And that is quite simply not always the case, especially in Washington state. We have, oh my gosh, I think almost 5,000 adult family homes in the state of Washington. We have so many different community environments. With adult family homes, they are each their own business charging their own prices. And yes, you might have to give up maybe how nice a home is, but that doesn't mean that you're giving up great care. Adult family homes are going to base their pricing on an assessment. And they might be able to give you a potential range of charges, but that's not typically something that you're going to see in writing or on their website. It's just a range that they're giving based on the information that they have. Whereas a community will also not be able to give you final pricing until after they do an assessment. However, they are going to give you on that first tour a packet of information that's going to list out their pricing for the apartments you're interested in. It's going to have the care costs and the different levels. It's all going to be out there in black and white on a piece of paper. And it's just that you won't know the final cost until after that assessment. They won't be able to tell you the exact level of care. So if you're getting help from someone like me, we might be able to tell you the market, the general price range for your loved one's level of care just based on our own experience. But that final price is determined by the assessment. Okay, so another point to consider when it comes to disclosing financial information to a senior living community or an adult family home is that most of them are month to month. And in the month to month environment, you are usually not required to disclose your financial information. They are taking you at your word that your loved one can afford it. The only time that you will have to disclose is when you're looking at what's called a buy-in community. And I'll put a link in show notes to a show specifically about those types of communities. The other side of the money equation is knowing that your loved one doesn't have enough to meet the financial requirements, such as a spend down to Medicaid, which is a community or an adult family home that is requiring a certain number of years or months before they will accept Medicaid as the payer source. And Medicaid has its own requirement and also a term called spend down. So it's a little bit confusing. But if you choose to move forward knowing that you can't afford a particular situation, then you are really just delaying the inevitable because at some point you're going to be faced with that difficult conversation about not being able to afford to stay there. And I have known families that have been taken to court over non-payment. 
So in the case of not having enough funding, it is so important to disclose. And in Washington state, there are a lot of options, a lot of programs. And I would really rather find a place that meets your financial needs so you don't even have to worry about it. I think the important takeaway with really everything that we're talking about today is communication. By communicating these difficult situations or things that you're not comfortable talking about, then everyone can come up with a plan. Is it possible that you're going to get a no? Absolutely. You absolutely may be turned down, but it is so much easier to hear that no than to go through the paperwork, moving furniture, and going through all the processes that it takes to move someone into a care environment only to be told hours later, days later, weeks later, that they have to move. I had a family that I worked with years ago, and I have actually mentioned her on the show before because she told me that she had called 63, I think it was 63 phone calls, and she still couldn't find the right fit for her mom. It is such a difficult journey looking for senior living and care. So whatever you are tempted not to disclose or deciding not to disclose, or maybe you just don't even know what information you should be talking about, whatever it is, you're not alone. Ask for help. And hopefully today's episode makes it a little more doable. Today's episode is brought to you by ClearPath Senior Living Solutions. ClearPath helps families find assisted living, memory care, and other resources. Find our contact information in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable.